15-16. See, I have set out before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord, your God, walking in his ways and observing his commandments, decrees and ordinance, then you shall live and become numerous. And the Lord, you, your God, will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite our ushers to come and receive this morning's offering as Roger Romani and Barbary Grant offer a duet on the French horn and piano.
Our second reading is from the Greek scriptures, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4, the new life in Christ. So, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, or you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Having a daughter who now lives on the East Coast has introduced me to a um, modern day phenomenon, which is the red eye. <laughs> I always heard about red eyes, but, um, but all of a sudden I've realized I can work an entire day here, get on a plane and wake up on the other side of the country and get a whole nother entire day there without really anyone seeming to know I was gone or missing, except for, you know, sometimes, like this past Tuesday night, the airplane temperature just seems like it's set a little bit too cold, and that, that thin blanket wasn't quite enough warmth, and I was shivering all night, um, getting to Newark, where I then arrived kind of bleary-eyed around 6 a.m., and and rented a car, an SUV, of course, because we're moving from the dorm to Brooklyn, and I, we need all that space. And I drive away, and I think, well, the car feels a little funny, but, you know, I don't want to be fussy. I'm not going to go back, and I'll just keep going. And so about 30 miles from Hyde Park, New York, I feel a big pop on my front right tire, and I go over to the side of the road, and um, sure enough, the tire is down to the rim. Well, it turns out that um, it was going to take the tow truck about an hour and 15 minutes to arrive. So I spent an hour and 15 minutes along the side of I Interstate 87 with all of the trucks barreling by me at 80 miles an hour. And every time they would come by, I could feel the entire SUV shake. Um, and I debated, you know, I've, I finally crawled over into the passenger seat because I thought, well, maybe if they hit me, I'll be <laughs> that much farther away. And should I be up on the road or should I be down here, which is the safest? But it was like over and over, you know, every truck was, was shaking everything. That's exactly how I felt. Um, so I finally arrived um, at Hyde Park. The tow truck came and my notes um, were just about as jumbled as these are right now. And um, I took a, a nap at my in my daughter's bedroom, you know, in the, the dorm room, the best kind of nap to take. And um, then, we went <laughs> then we went shopping, and the worst trauma of the day is I realized I had not caffeinated myself at all for the entire day. So I had a cold brew, and I was feeling a lot better by about 4 or 5 in the afternoon, just when it was time to start winding down for the evening. Anyways, as I was thinking about the sermon, and I was thinking about this core value, 
I was thinking about this experience and realizing that so much of our lives feels like the red eye and the being stuck on the side of I-87. So much of our lives is about, okay, what is the most efficient thing that I can do to get through my life? How can I best manage my schedule? How can I get through the workday? How can I be there for everyone else? And then so much of life often also feels like we're just, we're just maybe we're broken down a little bit and every truck that's coming by us, every event just makes everything feel like it's shaking. There's con this constant, almost interstate flurry with which many of us live our lives and our souls are trying to absorb the shock of it all. And so here's the irony, is that we push ourselves for efficiency and productiveness, but that the reality is that to be our best in the world requires rest. This is why Jesus said to his followers, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let's pray. Oh God, we come to you, many of us tired, many of us not knowing what to do, and many of us feeling that we don't know how to process the busyness and the, the struggles of our lives, confessing that we struggle to just rest. And this morning I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would take us to that place where we know you are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So this month, as I said, we'll be talking about our core values. In April, our leadership, elders and deacons, gathered for a day of retreat, and a small subset of them were sent away to work on our core values. And um, they were just a superstar group of people. If you were in that small group of people that worked on the core values, would you raise your hand? Yeah. Great. So, um, you should ask them about that experience because they had such a good experience. They went out for a drink later in the week to, <laughs> to reconnect. Um, but um, they experienced a different kind of spirit in that, um, in that encounter. They really all came away from and said to me, gosh, it, it felt like a Holy Spirit moment. Um, as we were talking about who we are and how we wanted to express how we we are as a church, they really felt this bigger sense of God showing up in that moment, um, drawing them into uh, writing these. And so today we're talking about this first one, slowing down, we ask questions and experience the mystery of faith. As we took this list of statements that they came up with and tried to think about how we wanted to order them, this one began to rise to the top, but it felt kind of wrong to, to start a list of core values about how we want to move forward as a church by saying, slowing down. It feels pretty counterintuitive and also some very countercultural because we live here on this peninsula in one of the most innovative, driven, powerful set of square miles in the world. And so it may be counterintuitive and it may be countercultural, but it also seemed to be to be one of the wisest things we could do is to start our core values with the words slowing down. 
I've always loved these words that Ijo read for, my, for us from Deuteronomy 13, 30, this sense of when Moses is standing, looking at the promised land with the people of Israel and giving them some final words. And what he says to them is, today you have a choice between life and between death. What will you choose? And it seems to me in some ways this choice between life and death is with us every day. Moses encourages them to choose life. This seems so obvious, but I don't know about you. I feel like these choices are with me every day. Am I going to choose resentment over forgiveness? Am I going to choose separateness over community? Am I going to believe the worst of someone, or am I going to believe the best? Am I going to be the victim in this story, or am I going to be the hero? Am I going to choose busy work, or am I going to choose deeper work? Choose life. And in order to choose life, we always have to slow down. We always have to take that moment to take a deep breath, to consider what's before us before we dive into what's next. But we can choose what is best. We have to get off the red eyes and, and away from the shock of the I-87 and take a moment to think about where are we our most resourced self? Where are we connected to God, this, this power and this mystery that is larger than we are? Where can we become more intentional? And so here is where Paul's words in Colossians become an invitation to life. Set your heart on things above rather than things below. What is above, Paul is, I don't think, talking about some disconnected from reality, some heavenly reality that isn't based in our lives. This, this sense of what is above is, is where he says where Christ is where our consciousness joins the consciousness of God, where we find wholeness and wholeheartedness. Set your heart there, Paul says. And in that space, our faith is not a list of do's and don'ts, of rights and wrongs. Our faith becomes about staying plugged into the reality of God's love and of Christ's presence with us. Slowing down, we ask questions and experience the mystery of faith. If we're asking questions in a, a space where we have slowed down, the questions that we ask are questions that take us deeper into the mystery of our faith. And that faith becomes something that is to be experienced. Our faith is no longer, when we slow down, something that is a list of things we check off that we believe. Our faith is no longer a, a to-do list. Our faith is no longer um, coming to church on Sunday or not coming to church on Sunday. Our faith is more like a table that is set and a feast to be enjoyed. It's more like questions that, that take us deeper into ourselves and deeper into the mystery of God and deeper into the mystery of the world. And when that core value is something that a community embodies, when together we say slowing down, we experience mystery, 
We ask questions and experience mystery. Wow. What an amazing place to be. What an amazing thing to offer the world for some people for people to be able to come here and slow down and ask questions and experience faith as a mystery rather than a problem to be solved. We can become what Richard Rohr says religion is intended to be, this quote that's in your bulletin. The essential function, he says, of religion is to radically connect us with everything. Religio, to re-ligament or reconnect. Religion is to help us see the world and ourselves in wholeness and not in parts. This is from the book, The Universal Christ, that we'll start reading tomorrow night. This reconnection all starts by slowing down. Now, I know each one of you gets this um, in some way because you chose to be here this morning to, to sit for an hour in community to slow down. But it's really more about sun than, than Sunday mornings. It really doesn't even require these beautiful trees as much as all of us have adjusted to, to worshiping with them. It doesn't require days-long retreats. This sense of slowing down, I can think, can happen anywhere. And while I have yet to achieve this level of mastery, I do think it can even happen on the I-87 in New York. <laughs> In his book, Into the Silent Land, Martin Laird tells the story of prisoners who discover a meditation practice. He talks about a young prisoner who cuts himself with a sharp knife to dull the emotional pain that he's in. The prisoner said, as long as I can remember, I've had this hurt inside. I can't get away from it. And sometimes I cut or burn myself so that the pain will be in a different place and on the outside rather than the inside. Acknowledging this, he begins to take a meditation course whose aim is to address the spiritual needs of prisoners by teaching them how to pray, to turn their prison cells into monastic cells. After learning how to meditate and practicing it twice a day for several weeks, the young prisoner speaks of what he has learned. He says, I want you to know that after only four weeks of meditating, half an hour in the morning and at night, the pain is not so bad. And for the first time in my life, I can see a tiny spark of something within myself that I like. Another prisoner talks about becoming more human and realizes in the process all beings, no matter how reactionary, fearful, dangerous, or lost, can open themselves to the sacred within and become free. I have become free even in prison. Prison is the perfect monastery. The spiritual liberation of these prisoners is, is not something that they acquired that came to them. The spiritual liberation is something that they found within themselves, that they found when they took time to slow down and ask questions and experience the mystery of faith. If a prison can become a monastery, I think so can our homes, so can our cars, so can our boardrooms, so can the very space of our souls. And when we go to that place, we, we find a God that is not full of yes and no answers, a God that is not interested in this 
for that. We find a God that is full of mystery, a God that is both and, that invites our questions, that is more interested in the journey than the destination. I want to end with this beautiful poem by Mary Oliver entitled Mysteries. Truly, we live with mysteries too marvelous to understand, to be understood. How grass can be nourishing in the mouths of the lands, how rivers and stones are forever in allegiance with gravity while we ourselves dream of rising. How two hands touch and the bonds will never be broken. How people come from delight or the scars of damage to the comfort of a poem. Let me keep my distance always from those who think they have the answers. Let me keep company always with those who say, look, and laugh in astonishment and bow their heads. So we welcome our kids back who remind us to laugh and look with astonishment and bow our heads. And our prayer is that we truly continue to become people who know how to slow down, how to ask questions, and experience the mystery of faith. Let's together stand and prepare for communion by singing hymn number 533 in the singing. <laughs>